You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 156 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast. We are coming to you on January 21st. And I really wanted to make another one of those like all new comic book conformer issue one jokes, but we've done that way too many times already, haven't we, Roger? Way too much, yes. And yet they keep giving it's, us oh, reasons yes. to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 156 point now. Point no. nine inch. <laughs> point so in you case suck you could, Marvel. <laughs> In case you couldn't figure it out, uh, today we're touching on some of the new uh, number ones that Marvel's been putting out. And we're going to start off with, deep breath, the all-new Marvel Now point one number one. This was the the one shot they put out. They did this uh, when they first launched Marvel Now. They did the Marvel Now point one issue, which kind of gave us a preview of uh, some of the stuff coming up and a preview of some stuff that we still never actually saw, but... First of all, we had this framing device following uh, Loki gathering these keys. And, and uh, the framing device last time around was Nova with the Watcher. And while plot-wise it didn't really tie too much into Nova, it, like, we, it's kind of cool that we actually did see those elements coming together with you know, Nova spending time up on the moon and you know learning more about Earth. So that was pretty cool. And this is really trying to bring in the uh, Loki Agent of Asgard series that's coming out soon. Uh, I think Al Ewing is writing it. And you know me. I'm the big Loki fan. And I, I'm still not really sold on this particular series, though. This sucked. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this was terrible. This trying to force everything together around this theme of him getting the keys. Now, it's no secret that I'm not a big Loki fanboy. So I didn't exactly go into this. Like, by the time I flipped over to the second page and saw him, it was like, oh, Christ. <laughs> what did Vince make me read? Oh, man. And so like, <laughs> I wasn't thrilled about it to begin with. And then as you see that it's this framing device that's trying to join all of these new series together, I was like, oh, come on. I... I yeah, I was not digging it at all. Mm-hmm. And so specifically with Loki, I I really enjoy him as a villain in a lot of places. Like, but as a protagonist, really the only time I've ever liked him, like as I don't want to call him a heroic character, but you know, as the lead character, was when Gillen was writing him in Journey into Mystery. Pretty much a lot of the stuff I've seen since then, even when Gillen was writing him in uh, Young Avengers, just didn't work for me. Like I. I, I, looking back at Young Avengers, like I've said before, I can't say it was bad. It just definitely wasn't for me. And I have a feeling we're going to have another issue like that with uh, the Agent of Asgard series where there's a lot of people who are really going to love it. I'm not going to be one of them. That's yeah, kind of obvious which boat I'm going to be in. <laughs> All right. And the first uh, story that we got a preview of here is the new Silver Surfer comic coming from Dan Slott and Mike Allred. And this is something we've talked about before. Neither one of us are particular fans of Allred's style. <laughs> and just even overall, <sighs> Silver Surfer is such a weird character to, to, to follow around. And 
I know Dan Slott is taking a very different approach to it, and I can respect that. But again, I highly doubt this is a comic I'm going to be all that into. I kind of, like, again, like we have, we have not hidden our love, our man love of Dan Slott over the years. And I said when this initially was coming out, it was like, yeah. And I thought it would be mainly just the art that held it back for me because seriously, this really puts me off this. And this confirmed that for me, but it's not just that it's the story was not good. I, the, it was, it was stupid kind of, you know, it was ridiculous. And this whole thing with the flying rays thing was kind of, and why is a dolphin walking around with a turtle like these? I don't know if these things were <laughs> slot wrote it down as notes. Make sure to put, the, you know, a dolphin and turtle holding hands walking along. Or if it's just already decided Listen, to be freaking stupid. 50 issues from now, that turtle is going to be really important. Yeah. So and then when you're looking at all of these, like if you're going to put them on another world where it's supposed to be weird and freaky and different, then don't put, you know, all of these earth creatures there as humanoids and think like oh this is edgy you know there's an otter family no and then the relationship like surfer just acts weird for him throughout the entire episode and then treating the board like a pet was just a cutesy yeah, little thing that was, was kind of really like, out come there on. and then the relationship between him and the woman was so strained and weird. Now, I, I get that we're seeing a glimpse in what would otherwise be, say, an issue. So you're not getting the whole story here. But still, it just was... I I, I don't feel like reading this when it comes out. Mm-hmm. All right. The next story we got was a preview for All New Invaders. And conceptually, I think this was a much better lead in to the actual series because we weren't just getting, you know, a chapter taken out of the middle, like, like, at least like we saw with the Dan Slot stuff. Like there's obviously some stuff before that story that we missed that might be kind of important overall. Whereas this was more of a prelude kind of making us know why this series is coming out. And you know, we, we get this bit with the Cree have, you know, or after this artifact that last was seen during world war two. I'm like, okay, as, as a beginning concept as an offshoot for a comic series, I'm all for that. Uh, and the wet, the actual series they're doing is something I'm interested in. I'm not like excited for, but I, I will be checking it out because getting the original Captain America team back together uh, with Cap, Bucky, Namor, and uh, the original Human Torch. But after, you know, 50 years of time has gone by for, for them and all the changes they've gone through and bringing the four of them back together and having them interact as a team, I think that's a pretty interesting story for me. Eh, it really doesn't do that much for me, I got to tell you. And this, again, this didn't change that. Mm -hmm. and, and the whole stuff, again, with the... You're much more into the galactic side of things with all of these right. than I am. And so as I was reading this, it was like, no, I, it really didn't do anything for me personally. That, which isn't to say it won't necessarily be good when it comes out and that the stories won't be good. It's just me personally looking at this. Again, this would not sell me on the series either. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand that because 
you know, this was what six, seven pages of just Cree stuff going on. And I have to assume that the majority of the actual comic will be focusing more on Captain America and his friends. Yeah. But I said, as like a prologue to the story, though, I think it was better served than pretty much anything else we saw here. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I'd say that, but. Well, yeah, I, we'll, we'll, we're coming up to that. So. <laughs> All right. Next up, we had uh, Black Widow, which uh, we'll be actually covering the full first issue coming up soon. Uh, so we're going to pass on that for now. Wow. Well, we're talking about Black Widow later on in the episode, so... Yeah, but this is a different story than that Black okay, Widow Okay, fine. One. Would you like to talk a little bit about this? I liked it. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I'm, I'm looking real quick. Who did the art on this? I believe it's Phil Notto, because that's who's doing the ongoing... The, the, uh, yeah, because it's the same... Yeah, Phil Notto. Man. Okay. Do you love this style as much as I do? Which is to say a lot. I like the style. They said I have complex feelings on, on the Black Widow comic. The only problem that I'm having with the Black Widow um, comic, which we talked about before, which is we're going to talk about in a few minutes, no doubt, is this constantly having to remind us that she's atoning for past sins. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that because this is an intro and because that was the first issue that we're going to be talking about, that that'll be that. You put it in there. You can put little reminders later on, subtle things, but not hammering it over our heads constantly. I'm hoping that once that's done, that it'll be good because it winds up being like really cool spy stories. And I much prefer her as a character as than say, you know, Velvet or things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I really kind of dig the way that that they're doing it as well. As long as, again, they can really tone down that atoning, then I'm good for the long haul with this. And the art is just, I absolutely adore the art. Mm-hmm. All right. Like I said, I'll, I'll talk about it more at yeah. length later. Next up, we have the Miss Marvel story, which is the, the offshoot of Captain Marvel, where we saw in the the last issue of the previous version of Captain Marvel, I think it was issue 17, the whole Captain Marvel day, we saw how this young teenager, Kamala Khan, was inspired by Captain Marvel to to go and do good on her own. And she's going to be taking on the moniker of Miss Marvel. The the superheroing side of things, I, I, I'm questionable on at this point, especially because the power seems a little odd. I mean, yeah, it's like Mr. Fantastic stretchy yeah. powers, but the way like it's being portrayed, it it looks more comical than than anything else at, at this point. So that I'm a little concerned with. However, the character of Kamala herself, I actually really like. Uh, G Willow Wilson is is who's writing this has a pretty good handle at least from my perspective on the life of a young Muslim teenager because I've known many uh Muslim people when I was younger and even now, like one of my very good friends is a Muslim girl. She's no longer a teenager, but a lot of those family values carry through, you know, into, into your twenties and whatnot. And seeing like the real world side of things and how she's dealing with her family. I, again, from my point of view, I actually found it to be very realistic uh, and I enjoy that they're nailing the character in such a good way that uh, the, the superhero stuff I'm hoping will come along. This was actually, in my opinion, the best of the stories. This was, Mm -hmm. I, it was, I was pleasantly surprised. And again, the art, in this case by Adrian Alfon, 
what is it, Alfana? Alfona, Alfona. yeah. Alfona. Um, I loved, really liked it a lot. Um, but no, the story was fantastic. The character was really likable. And as for her power set, I the way that I looked at it was that it actually kind of fit in with what is quite obviously a quirky personality as well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see it as out of place. I just saw it as more fun than we are getting in a lot of serious superhero kind of stuff as of late. So I'm all for it. I, I, I really enjoyed this a lot. As I said, my, my, my problems aren't with the powers or how they're being used. It's I don't know, something between the actual usage of the powers and the way they're being drawn isn't quite clicking for me at this point. Right. All right. And then the last story we had was uh, a little mini story with Avengers World, which we actually spoke of at length last week. And this was just a fun little side story with Sunspot and Cannonball heading into AIM, turning into Hulks. Like, if this is the kind of stuff we can expect out of Avengers World, I'm, I'm more into it. I wasn't as thrilled about this little short. Well, I, I, I love so. Sunspot and Cannonball, so... Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Didn't do that for me. <laughs> but um, t- uh, to tell you the truth, um, with the exception of the Black Widow stuff and the Miss Marvel stuff, I was so not digging a lot of what was going on here that mm-hmm. it kind of tainted my opinion. And I'm going to lie, I kind of skimmed through it pretty fast because it was like, ah, I'm not really enjoying this. I said, I'm way more interested in a lot of the still-to-be-seen Marvel Now number ones this year than I am with all these, like some of the stuff coming up with uh, Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. And there, there's some really cool stuff coming up that we are not seeing here. And like it, this, a lot of this year is kind of like the bottom of the list for me with uh, the new launches coming up. Yeah. All right. So moving into our first actual all new Marvel Now issue, we have all new God Marvel. Stop. What are you going to do next year? What? What are you going to do? Even more new. <laughs> Anyway, we have all new X Factor number one, written by Peter David, art by Carmine DiGian Domenico and Lee Loughridge. And this was something I was really into because I said the previous X Factor uh, written by Peter David, I loved beginning to end. It was just a really fun comic, interesting characters, interesting storylines. Even when it kind of strayed off course, I was still behind it because Peter David always had a plan. It was one of those, you know, uh, Reminder, Hickman type things where, uh, you know, eventually you're going to get a payoff to to your story elements. And he really did not disappoint throughout his uh, previous X Factor run. As for this one, I'm going on faith at this point because <laughs> this first issue was it, it, it's it's like his way of saying, Vince, I know you really love my comics, so I'm really going to make you hate. This. He was testing your faith in him. Because who is our primary character at this point in the story, Roger? You know what's funny is that I'm reading this, and I flip over and I see, and I'm thinking, I thought he only gave me comics that I wouldn't like to read. I didn't know he was punishing himself, too. (laughs) So, yeah, Gambit. (laughs) And he's terrible in this. He's so bland, it's unbelievable. He's accurate in this. (laughs) The the stuff with Wolverine, T treating him like a kid even wolverine comes off being just this jerk. how is wolverine going to criticize someone for not being around enough well not just being around but being a good role model <laughs> you're a really bad role model now you get back to school tell them i'll be right there because i got some people to go stab 
Yeah. It just yeah. was stupid. And then the whole stuff afterwards as well with, you know, meeting the billionaires and everything. It was like, <laughs> oh, God, that's what this is going to become, this corporate. Like, I, it, I actually didn't clue in until after I was partway through this because I remember you talking about it before, that it's this corporation, this Google-like corporation. Yeah, that they work for owns, Google now. Yeah. And so that concept was like, oh, come on. That's just Stupid as hell. And then insert Quicksilver, and that's kind of when I tend to clue off and just kind of, I got something better to do. I finished reading it, but it was like, uh, I, I've never cared for that character. So frankly, the, I'm not reading this. <laughs> While I can definitely uh, agree with you on certain facts there, uh, Quicksilver as written by Peter David, I actually do enjoy I don't like Quicksilver written by anybody. <laughs> anybody. Maybe there is a version somewhere that I haven't read that is quite good, but I've yet to read any where I went, damn, this is an interesting character. No, no. Even when he tries to be an interesting character or the writer tries to portray him in a better light or, you know, just write him more interesting, it just comes off as just shallow and stupid. I've got no, no use for the character at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, this is a comic I really want to like, and I still want to give a chance, but man, this first issue was was not very affirming to that fact. No, not at all. All right, well, into the actual Black Widow comic, uh, written by Nathan Edmondson, art by Phil Notto, and uh, you seem to really like it, so I'm going to let you run with this. <gasps> okay, when I say I really liked it, I did okay. enjoy it, but yes. I certainly am not going head over heels about it. Um as a first issue, I feel it could have been a lot better, which, I mean, it's all subjective. Somebody, somebody's quite proud of the work they did here, and that's good for them kind of thing. The, the art and the coloring was spectacular throughout the entire issue. I really Absolutely. loved it. The writing had, uh, written by Nathan Edmondson, there were some elements that I really liked. Um, the intro blurb where she has to explain that she's, you know, some badass just so that she can get a word in with this guy. It was enjoyable. It was cute little kind of thing. And then when you're seeing how she's working with, well, it's not really her handler. It's more like a, her accountant or whatever. He's the one that takes care of the deals. Um, that's again, when they're pushing too much for this, I'm atoning for my past sins. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit more of that throughout the issue as well. So when she's monologuing kind of thing in her head, so there's, there's too much of that, but I'm really hoping that that's going to be that and it'll be done. And, and like other series too, where we've said it's important to show the character out of costume and the importance of the different things in their lives there. Well, we get a glimpse of that, not too much, but we do get a glimpse of what she's like behind, well, there's no mask in this case, but behind the costume. And I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot more of that as it goes on as well, to show her as a character, as a person, and not just her in fancy wigs and different things like that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I'm glad you were so perfectly capable of articulating all the thoughts I had because <laughs> I was struggling as to how exactly to to to, to kind of put put my put my feelings into words here. So yeah, I, I totally agree. This is a comic that I could really like. Uh, 
if it goes in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like the I like some of what how it's written as well in in terms of how he writes the the characters in her monologues. Um for the most part he does a good job. Again, when it's not harping on this atonement bullshit. Damn it. Um <laughs> <laughs> when it's not harping on that, the um, it, it's quite good. I, I like the little lines, like when she's saying she doesn't like confrontation, which you know you wouldn't think that by if you know her, but that's her character. She doesn't like to. She'd rather do things in the shadows and not be seen and not have to be confrontational and different things like that. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was cool. The little fight scenes were were interesting, though. I think they weren't. You know, we didn't need to see quite as much of her just beating the crap out of people. Also, that one arm break, not possible from that angle. <laughs> if you're going to draw something like that and make it make sense, because that's just not possible. Um, but no, it's again, it has it has potential. Using a bad guy to flush out somebody and then blow them with a freaking <laughs> rocket yeah, the, propelled Yeah, the, the twist at the end, actually, I, that was actually really cool. I didn't see that coming. So, yeah, the... This is one of those where it was it was good. I enjoyed it. The art specifically is going to make me remember this for a long time. Not just not really the writing, but just how spectacular it looked. And then the writing has the potential to be quite quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this comic uh, actually reminds me of an article I read a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. It was on Comics Alliance. Really good, and it was talking about the Hawkeyeization of Marvel. Right. And that's how Marvel saw, you know, what a great success Hawkeye has been under Fraction and Aja and how taking, you know, a second tier character, if you will, or, you know, Hawkeye third tier, fourth tier, whatever mm. you want, but giving them to a talented team of creators and letting them do something different, at least stylistically with the character shows that it can be a really good success. And we're seeing that again here. We're seeing that in a lot of the upcoming stuff, uh, the new Ghost Rider, the new Moon Knight. Very, very different from what we would expect from a traditional mainstream comic. But if the creators are really behind it, it can definitely find you know, a, a hook with fans and get them interested. Well, she is a good character. She is an interesting character. So he can do something very good with this. And also show her human side and mm-hmm. things like that. The The main thing is just going to be, and I can't stress this enough, which is kind of ironic, don't harp on the atonement stuff. And this has the potential to be a badass spy thriller kind of series that still shows us a side of her that we haven't seen yet. And this, this BS <laughs> of... Nobody gets to know my story. You know what? I'm hoping that you're going to drop that inside of the first, you know, five or six <laughs> issues because we want to know that. That's why we're reading your comic. We want that history. We want to know it. So you as a writer have the balls to actually come up with something that will be spectacular that can be that canon. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get a scene coming up with, you know, she bumps into Hawkeye or Wolverine or someone. And they actually point out that she's saved the universe a couple dozen times and that she doesn't have to atone anymore. Yeah. And bringing out why she feels she still needs to atone. Get that out of the way and then move on with it. I'm in. Yeah. We need to see her in therapy. <laughs> Black Widow on a couch, you know, telling her stories. To maybe to, I don't know who though. 
We need a good, good somebody good. Yeah, I think I think Doc Samson has still gone villain. So that was like the the default psychoanalyst <laughs> yeah. for the Marvel universe. Do a cartoon of Fraser. Put her on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lastly, uh, just touching on the Revolutionary War Alpha, written by Andy Lanning and Alan Coswell, art by Rich Ellison and Antonio Fabella. This is really interesting in some ways because Marvel's bringing a lot of the characters that were published out of their UK offices through the 70s, 80s, and into the 90s, and had some success in America with small audiences, but were really best known in in England. And when the Marvel UK went under, those characters just kind of disappeared with it. So bringing them back, bringing some fan favorite characters back, uh, ingraining them into the regular Marvel universe, and just letting, letting some creators work with some characters that haven't been seen. I'm into it just because I'm learning about characters that I it, even me as a, the giant comics nerd, I had no idea who Dark Angel was. I had no idea who half these people were. So getting to learn new characters with uh, interesting histories, I like this because it, it's letting me see a side of the Marvel Universe that I never knew existed. I would have enjoyed this a lot more had they not slapped S.H.I.E.L.D. in there. Um, enough's enough with S.H.I.E.L.D. Seriously, mm-hmm. like S.H.I.E.L.D. is in everything now all the time i know they want to really promote it because of the tv show as well but i mean come on you don't have to put shield everywhere and so it's just i i was thinking about it after i read this because again like you're saying it it was different characters um not not new characters just ones that we're not as familiar with with the exception of britain dumbass i'm not a fan of him <laughs> I, I, I sorry i'm just he's a useless character to me he's so two-dimensional it's unbelievable but anyway some of the other ones seem like they could be fairly interesting um dude that talks to his gun okay there's potential there <laughs> again not knowing that character i didn't see that joke coming and i i loved it <laughs> yeah so there's there's potential there for something that'd be fun and interesting to read but then again they had to slap in shield and fury and it's like oh come on wait i i get what you're doing but they don't have to be involved in everything and i think it would have been better had they not been Mm -hmm. now i uh, also read the uh the second chapter which was the dark angel standalone issue and shield was nowhere to be found in there it was just a dark angel story that was advancing the overall plot line so I said it for for the time being. I'm still into this. I I, I liked it, but it's certainly not at the top of my pull list. Not even oh, I'd by by no 10 means even. So, but you know, maybe you know, a month or two down the line, coming back and taking a look at it, I'm okay with this. Yeah. All right. Well, into what else we've been reading this week. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it, but big thumbs up to Marvel for some of the stuff they're doing with their non-relaunch comics. You know, the the point now, if you will, uh, was that Thunderbolts issue 20 came out and this is the one where, you know, Ghost Rider comes to the team. Fun issue, nothing really to talk about. But I like what they did with the covers and we see this uh, with all new X-Men coming out this week as well with the trial of Jean Grey. It has a big number one on the front cover denoting this is the beginning of a new storyline but it's still issue 20 of the comic so it, it just looks really cool it's something that you know if 
it's going to grab those new fans coming through a comic shop. Like, you know, you, you look at Thunderbolts and, you know, you don't care about Thunderbolts, but you see a big number one and a Ghost Rider on the cover. That's going to get your attention. Seems so. kind of stupid to me, though. I'm sorry. I disagree. But then I, okay. I never had a problem with, you know, issue 147, <laughs> issue 29. I don't, if it's a good story in it, then mm-hmm. I don't care the number. So all of this renumbering has always just been one of those pet peeves of mine kind of thing. I like when they put in on the cover, you know, issue or part one of whatever, then you know, okay, this story arc is just beginning. This is a good point to that, kind that, of jump in. That's what they're doing here. This is No Mercy issue one, but it it, it doesn't pretend issue. that it's not issue 22 yeah. of Thunderbolts. Yeah. Just like with all new X-Men, it says, you know, first issue of the trial of Jean Grey. Yeah. But it's still issue 22 of all new X-Men. Yeah. It's, it's just, it. it's a nice middle ground I can get used to. <laughs> Better than point now. At better than point anything. Yes. I, I, I'm leaving out the fact that these are point now issues that I'm talking yeah. about. Point zero three. <laughs> God. All right, but uh, other stuff. Uh, Amazing X Men. I this comic just takes me to a happy place every issue. I. God bless you, Jason Aaron. <laughs> and Ed McGinnis on art. It's just this is some of the best work of his career. Uh, we had Uncanny X-Men, which is kind of our uh, lead-in to the upcoming Magneto solo series. And if the Magneto series can be as good as this issue was, I'm in. Because <laughs> this was pretty darn cool. Unfortunately, the Magneto series isn't going to be drawn by Chris Piccolo, so that's a big negative for it right there. Yeah. And then finally, Nova. I'm still... We're now on our third writer, and it's only been 12 issues, but I'm actually still really into this. And it's so funny because uh, I follow Tom Brevoort on Tumblr, and he just gets uh, – his Tumblr is pretty cool. It's just him basically answering questions from the fans, and I think it's pretty cool that one of the senior editors is still willing on a daily basis to interact with the fan base and you know, kind of help, help them out as much as he can. But on a daily basis, he is getting deluged with these – I don't even want to call them questions, just angry rants from fans who are so pissed off about this new Nova and how terrible the comic is and how, how insulting it is to the legacy of Richard Ryder and this and that. And I'm like, well, listen, I, I liked the old Nova. <laughs> I, I, he was, I, I don't want to say I liked any of the old stuff, but uh, when they started doing all the, the, the re, I don't want to call it a relaunch, but bringing back Cosmic with uh, Keith Giffen uh, and uh, Lanning and God, Abnett, Abnett and Lanning. Yeah, there you go. And when they when they started bringing back with uh, Annihilation and all that, I, I really started to like their version of Richard Ryder Nova, and that's when I started becoming, you know, calling myself a Nova fan, if you will. And I still really like the new Nova. It's kind of what we talked about with uh, Superior Spider Man. How people are like, oh, it's ruining the legacy of Peter Parker. And I'm like, no, it's giving us a greater appreciation for Peter Parker because we're seeing a different character in similar situations. And so what we're seeing here is we're seeing this kid, still a kid, I think he's like 14, with this incredible power, and every issue, he's screwing up. Like, he is making mistakes. He's doing it wrong. But seeing that character grow and seeing him learn from his mistakes is what makes it interesting and is what's making him live up to the legacy of his predecessors. And 
I'm really enjoying it. So thank you. I'm actually behind on those. I got to get caught up. Okay. Well, catch up then. What have you got for us this week? Actually, you know, it's funny because, well, I got nothing. Because after you made me read crap, (laughs) I started planning for my next episode. (laughs) (laughs) So So, is this just going to become like revenge theater here at this point? Oh, this is going to be epic. The scale of this is going to be epic. And so I kind of found some issues there that really fit in for what I want to subject you to. And so I can't talk about them now, but, but oh, the epicness that we will have in a few short weeks. I look forward to it. Okay, well, since you're not going to talk about it, Superior Spider-Man was freaking awesome. Oh, dude, I haven't read it yet. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? Completely off topic or kind of. Um, we my, have topic. We do. We do. <laughs> my, you'll see. My, my youngest daughter is pregnant, as I've mentioned before, and it's coming along now. This is going to be in March, she's expecting. So she was by the house, and, and she's, I wouldn't tell it to her face, but she's getting nice and round. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you can see the baby, you can feel the baby, and it's very, very cool. And they already know it's going to be a little girl, which I think it's cheating. You should not know until the very end, but, man, whatever. Um, so they found out it's going to be a little girl and all that. And I've already told them, I've already booked, pre-booked, pre-reserved, Saturdays, 11-ish to 2-ish, that's my time. And we're going to the comic book store. <laughs> this kid is going to have grandpa to thank for learning how to read and how to be exposed to, you know, Spider-Man, and Batman, and and everybody. And we're going to be, I'm going to start her young, build that comic collection with her, and, and that's going to be our time. I've already reserved it, and my daughter said, I'm great with that. That's cool. That's fantastic. So, but it was funny because as I'm thinking of this, and I'm, I was talking to somebody about it, and I was thinking... I'm going to get, and I'm thinking, damn it, Slot, I hope you really keep going with this because I want to introduce her, my grandchild, to Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> Not Peter a Spider-Man, Otto a Spider-Man. I want that to be her history, her when she remembers comic books, that it was Otto, not Peter. When Peter comes back, I'd be like, who's this chump? I'm, I want Otto back. <laughs> Coolest grandpa ever. And we also had um, the Inhumanity. It was a, a one-shot Inhumanity, Superior Spider-Man. I don't want to say it's cliched per se, be, but it is something we've seen many times before with the superhero interacting with you know the regular police officers and, and firefighters. But the way it was done was very, very good. Yeah. So check the both of those out. I'll, your book report's due next week. Alrighty. <laughs> All right. For this week's new releases from Marvel – we have all new Invaders number one, all new X Factor number two, and all new X Men number twenty two. That's going to get real annoying real quick, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Stop it! I'm telling you right now, <laughs> don't make me treat you guys like DC. <laughs> we also have Avengers number twenty five, Avengers World number two, Black Widow number two, Cable and X Force number nineteen, continuing its crossover with Uncanny X Force, Captain America number fifteen, Cataclysm Ultimate X Men number three. FF number 16, the final issue. George Romero's Empire of the Dead, Act 1, number 1. You better believe I'm interested in that one. We have Hawkeye, number 16. No, you're not counting wrong. Number 15 comes out in a couple weeks. Indestructible Hulk, number 18. Iron Man, number 20. Mighty Avengers, number 5. Origin 2, number 2. Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, number 9. And Wolverine and the X-Men, number 40. 
From DC, we have 27 for Animal Man, Batman, Justice League, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman. We also have Batman Beyond Universe number six and Harley Quinn number two. Still haven't read the first one. Still don't intend to. And from IDW brings us Samurai Jack number four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Utram Empire number one. That does tie into the uh, core series as well as Transformers Robots in Disguise number 25. From Image, we have Chew number 39, Deadly Class number one, the new comic from Rick Remender, Pretty Deadly number four, and Walking Dead number 120. And from Valiant, we have Eternal Warrior number five. So that's going to wrap us up here at the Comic Book Informer podcast. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. So until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>